What is happening? Welcome to the Nick and Alex Baseball Show, the show that is trending to 700. Uh, my name is Nick Pollock, Ooh. and I'm joined by the just the wonderful father, Alex. Boring. Boo. Boring. I should do that to you. Just the wonderful. No, mine, <laughs> come on. Just the wonderful father. Yeah, just, just the wonderful father, you know. Let's, I'm sorry to get sentimental with you fast. No, that's okay. That's okay. I appreciate that. Let's start the right way. How are you? How are you feeling? We're all worried as a PL community. Oh, come on. How are, how are you doing? I'm feeling all right. I don't have smell. Um, I, I think yeah. I had the most energy of any day since I got COVID last week. Um, so we're okay. We're all right. You know, um, I understand. You know, I'll be honest. It's the first time I got it. You know, we we see players go on the, the COVID IL. And I can yeah. understand. Like some guys... Right away, like, oh, no problem. I'll be there in the minimum amount of time. Some even longer. I still test positive seven days later. Aye, so. aye, aye. Strong well, red line, baby. The good news is you didn't lose taste because you never had it. Wow. <laughs> what a way to start this podcast. So we're going to talk about baseball. In this, one. this is the Nick and Alex Baseball Show. Thank you all so much for watching on Twitch at twitch.tv slash pitchlist. Also, we're pushing this out onto Twitter um, at pitcherlist uh, today. So you can go watch it live there. Hey, and don't hesitate to leave a message in chat, Sacris. It's great to see you. I uh, Thanks for tuning in. We've got a fun show as always today. But what are the things that we got to talk about first? Fest? What are the things we do at the top of every show? Well, we are, you got a graphic of a picture that we got to make sure that people can can guess, don't we? And we do. And thank you so much for rating and reviewing us on iTunes as always. But we have that. We have this wonderful graphic that I, I'm sure I have. Um, I can totally put up on the screen in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Well, while you, um, listen, I'll help you while you pull that up. So obviously, one of the things that one of the things that uh, happened a little bit earlier, <laughs> uh, one of the comments said, "A father with an Emmy." Put some respect on that man's name. There it is. Yes. It's, it's um, true. One of the things that happened not long before we started recording this podcast a couple hours ago now was that we saw Shane McClanahan in warmups, mm. a very emotional Shane McClanahan get what you know comforted by the head trainer uh, a left shoulder impingement is what we yeah. heard to begin with and then we're going to wait and see so what i want to know from you nick is yes. the the al east uh excuse me just the al uh wild card race in general obviously um still pretty tight i guess i mean it's still there's still a few teams that can theoretically make it obviously the orioles are in there um i think the red sox are pretty much falling out of favor at this point but the al central team uh still could make a push and then also you know it's not that late there are teams uh you know the white Sox could theoretically still snag a position what i want to know is if shane mcclanahan is done for the season does he take the rays with him or mm. can they still hold on, in your opinion, to keep one of those wild card spots? Well, uh, that might be a question I answer very late in this show today. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say the impacts of starting pitchers at this point in the year, not as large as I think people will make it out to be, considering how few starts are remaining uh, and how many games they actually influence, let alone no guarantee they would win in those games and no guarantee that they will not win without that pitcher. If there's anything that about the Rays that we can say is that they are crafty. They find yeah. ways. They are just, they have that magic. And I feel like after last week's show, we have to give them a little bit more respect as they are the number one, number two team right now in the AL East. Um, they mm -hmm. are in, within striking distance. You know, it would be a very New York thing traditionally with the Mets to yeah. lose this lead 
in September for the Yankees. Still very much a possibility. I'm not going to rule it out that the Rays are not going to make the playoffs or even catch the Yankees at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. Usually, uh, and maybe uh, maybe I'll eat my words in a couple of weeks. Eat they, um, yum, 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 yum. They uh, <laughs> have usually by this point brought up a sort of prospect that uh, it, it, we've seen start to flourish for them. Sure. Right? Like later yeah. in the season or the second of the half of the season, we're used to them bringing a guy up. Um, if you look, first of all, their number five would now be Ryan Yarbrough. He would likely go from long relief to getting back into the rotation, which is... Well, I mean, he's been essentially doing that. They've been using an opener for a bit. The Friday Pirates got like four or five innings, but maybe right. could be six or so. Stretch him out a little bit longer. So, but that's not a good solve. So we have that. Right. So yeah. there's, there's not there's not some there's not any relief there. Obviously, Shane uh, Boz with the strained elbow, uh, Yanni Chirinos with the fractured elbow, Tyler Glasnow out for the entire year. And then you go to the minors and you have Brendan McKay, who just got a UCL injury, which leaves you then with Josh Fleming and Luis Patino. Luis Patino obviously could theoretically come back up and make somewhat of an impact. But we're really not talking about the same amount of depth that mm. we've really seen from them. Right. Right. Absolutely not. Yeah. I, and it's, I do wonder also how good that offense is. I feel like they're a middling one at the moment, but I just, you just can't count them out. They're in the playoffs today. And uh, as long as they stay within the hunt, I mean, magic happens in Tampa Bay. So even yeah. though Brett Phillips isn't there anymore, don't count them out. Man, uh, Patino just got shelled pretty hard, too, uh, down in AAA, which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, it's difficult. You can't necessarily uh, count them out at all. Do you have do you have this, this graphic here? Oh, oh I'm are? ready. Oh, yes. Yes. That was, that was a wonderful time. So this this week's I uh, this week's pitcher now might be obvious to some of you. A 96 record, 158.1 innings pitch, 301 ERA, 0.99 whip, 31% K rate. 6.8% walk rate, 33.5% CSW, 96.2 mile per hour fastball, 16.4% swing strike rate, and just 21.3% hard contact, about a 47% ground ball rate. Fast, who do you think this is? I think this is a guy who cannot pitch against the New York, uh, the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates. Interesting. Okay. I think it's a guy uh, who does not know how to pitch against the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's a, that was a very quick answer. Normally you're like, oh, I don't know. No, this was, I feel like you feel confident. I, I feel pretty confident about, about this one. Cause I mean, listen, when you see that much red there, uh-huh. there really aren't that many dudes that it could be with that inning count with that yeah. fastball velocity. And with that strikeout rate, sure. I, I'm feeling pretty good. Well, all right. If you're wondering where is Nick getting this graphic from? Well, of course, this is the PL player pages uh, where we rank every single stat uh, that you see right here um, relative to the rest of the league. So, you know that this guy is ninth in the league in striker in sixth in innings pitched. Pretty dang cool. We'll see if uh, if you're right. And uh, Clyde is, I think, agreeing with you uh, in the chat right now. We'll see. We'll find out uh, at the end of the show. Well, maybe not. (laughs) Um, As now, I I do want to mention there are a couple other injuries that we've seen this week. Uh, We saw Tony Gonsolin. Of course, Mick Shane is a shoulder impingement. I hope he does come back before the end. Zach Wheeler with a forearm strain. And by the way, uh, or a forearm injury, I should say, there is an image of, I I Googled to find out more about this, of Zach Wheeler's uh, forearm injury. What do you mean? And it is the funny. I mean, I was just like, oh, doing the list. I'm like, oh, okay. Let me, 
I, you know, let me find out about this and like find, I just want to know, like, is this serious? Is it not? It's forum tendonitis, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I have to share with you just how this looks. It's the funniest thing to me. Do you think this guy has a hurt forearm? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we found like the most ridiculous, you know, if I, zo- I want to zoom in a little, like, do you see this? It's <laughs> that is <laughs> that is terrifying. That looks like if you zoomed in, that's the oh. arm of an 85 year old man. You know what I mean? That doesn't look oh, like wow. a, a pure raw athletes. Yeah, arm. yeah, yeah. This is uh that's a lot. That's you can just see the face like, oh, no, I am. Hat. Yeah, that's a uh, that's Zach Wheeler. Um, And I'll stop with the sound effects moving forward. But um, but yeah, he's hurt. And it, it's it's. It's sad to see September come and we see these injured starters. Do you think for Tony Gonsolin and Justin Verlander that their Cy Young chances are out the window now? Ooh, that's a really great point. I don't know if either of those teams particularly care um, because they probably just sure, yeah. I imagine both of them come back. Oh. Well, maybe not Tony G, but it's, it's, actually, it's, it's a very interesting conversation about that because you have the Dodgers who are going to do six man with Clayton Kershaw coming back. Right. Mm-hmm. It might be changed now. They might still go with Ryan Papillo, for example. They have Michael Grove come up as an emergency starter on Monday. But the Dodgers had a plan in place. There was even some talk about being a phantom IL. I don't think that's the case at all where Gonsolin, they wanted him to be fully stretched on, ready to go for the playoffs. And slowly, I mean, I guess they're going to go six man now. And obviously they don't care about that six game in the same way. I just talked about it. Talked about with Jordan Montgomery being dealt by the Yankees. Like it doesn't matter that much for that one starter five times the rest of the way. But uh, yeah, I, it might mess up a little things, put a little extra stress that the Dodgers want. Same thing with Verlander. That was supposed to be a six man with the Astros. Now maybe Christian Javier comes back earlier. Well, let's let's take a look at the the. I mean, it's not even just Justin Verlander. It's also so Shane McClanahan likely hitting the IL too. And again, we don't know. This could be conjecture. Maybe maybe it's nothing. Maybe they got lucky. Oh, no, yeah, um, no. But yeah, yeah. Usually, when I see a player cry, it's yeah. not doesn't result in a I'm back pitching in five days. But does this mean then that this is Dylan ceases? A award to lose at the moment because I mean, oh, that's he's interesting. Already, he's he's second uh, in the league in in expected ERA among qualified AL starters. Um, mm-hmm. I believe he's third. Yeah, he's third in ERA. Um, I know you don't care about FIP when it comes to the Cy Young, um, and that's good. Care about ERA? I care about ERA innings. Yeah, ERA and innings. So he's, you know, we already established that he's up there in terms of ERA and innings. He's 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 top fifteen. I mean, he's one hundred and forty-seven. He's about ten innings, ten innings away from Garrett Cole. But you have to figure if he stays healthy, he's going to get another you know good amount of innings to take a considerable lead over Justin Verlander. The the betting the odds were between McClanahan, Cease, and uh, and Verlander. Right. I don't know. Is is Cease the winner now of the AL Cy Young? I mean, look, if Verlander and McClanahan do not pitch the rest of the way, and Cease does not fall under Alec Manoa or someone else in ERA with the same amount of innings, that's how I stand. If you guys don't know this about me, when it comes to the Cy Young voting, I do not care about predictive measures. I don't even care about strikeouts. I care about how many runs did you allow on your watch and how many innings did you do it for? That's all that, that that's all that happened. This is an award about what happened in the season. All the other things that we talk about is, is really great when we talk about 
overall, just how what we trust moving forward. And that's flair. But ultimately on the board, you can have the best FIP ever. But if you allow that one run and someone else allowed zero, you lost the game. And it, that's the most important thing at the end of the day. So for me, I just see right now, yeah, you have Verlander at 184 ERA. You have Shane McClanahan at 220. But then third, as you mentioned, Dylan sees at 227 with McClanahan, sorry, with Manoa at 260. And if that sticks, it's Dylan ceases. I mean, he just needs to throw, you know, I guess until 180 innings or whatever it is. And he got it, buddy. I'll never understand it. I'll never understand I it. Like, it. I literally just explained I, I, it. I understand what you're saying. It doesn't make any sense that all of a sudden you're like, ERA matters. No, 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 ERA no. ERA matters. matters for the Cy Young. It's just I, for why? the Cy Young. Why? Because that is an award of production. Exactly. And what's the best indicator of production? No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't understand. Production is bottom line. Like if you could, if you want to tell me, oh, I sold $500 worth of stuff and this guy sold 600. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I worked harder and I did so much more to get that $500. No, I don't care. This guy made $600. He gets the prize. That's what this is. You know, you could say he got lucky that he sold that one thing to get that commission or whatever, but like, and you did all the right things and it doesn't matter. That guy sold more than you. He gets the prize. That's what, that's all it is. Don't look at in any more into the Cy Young. I disagree. We'll never see eye to eye on it. I'll never see eye to eye on it. That's all right. That's all right. Everyone knows I'm right. That's all good. We'll move on. (laughs) Um, We'll move on. So let's talk about another. uh, This is what I have to deal with everyone, you know, (laughs) constantly. Let's talk about another hot button, uh, uh, hot button issue here. Uh, We've given good uh, uh, attention and as we should to the very fun AL um, rookie of the year, which is only getting more interesting because Stephen Kwan is really entering the conversation as he should. But the NL rookie of the year at the moment is really just between two players um, and they're both on the same team. And that's Spencer Strider and Michael Harris, the third. So Michael Harris, the third has now uh, tied Adley Rutschman uh, in war. So he co-leads all rookies in war. He's got a 3.6 war. Um, he is far and away uh, the most productive offensive player, offensive rookie in the NL, although Lars Newtbar really giving him a run for his money, which kind of cracks me up because I just love that name. Um, does so let's look, at some, let's look at the lines here and talk about the season ends today. Who your NL rookie of the year is. So the slash for Michael Harris is 298, 343, 517. He's got a 371 W uh, Woba and a 136 WRC plus. So he leads the NL rookies in virtually all of these categories except for OBP. Uh, uh, he's got a 3.6 war, as I mentioned, 13 home runs, 15 stolen bases. So uh, in all likelihood, going to end with at least a 15 15. Uh, then we move over to Spencer Strider. 106 and two thirds at the moment. So likely ends the year with what? 125 or something like that. Uh, 2.87 ERA, 2.05 FIP, 3.6 war as well. These gentlemen are tied in war. Just 312 plate appearances for Michael Harris. Fewer than 100 games played, 82 games played total. Season ends today. Who is your NL rookie of the year? Look, Spencer Strider. Has a 205 FIP. So there you go. I'm joking. I'm joking. That's 
<laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, all right. Um, no, I mean, I'm obviously biased towards the pitcher. Um, what Spencer Strider has done, I mean, I know there has been a lot of excitement about Michael Harris. I, but I have, I'm so hyped about Spencer Strider. It's yeah. just so much fun to watch him do his thing. Uh, I, I think that he adds a lot of value. I mean, look, so does my, Michael Harris. You can't go wrong. I, I'm not just saying that because it's exactly a 3.6 war. No, 136 WRC plus for Michael Harris is huge. Not to mention he does not hurt on defense either. Both of them are far and away the best player at their respective position um, for the NL. Just be happy that Atlanta got a rookie of the year. All right, but who, so but it sounds like if you had to, I'm going Strider. I'm a pitching yeah, guy. The, the site is called yeah. Pitcher List. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got a hitter list on here. Um, I, I, I could definitely. I, I think you're right. Where you really can make an argument for both. So because you chose Strider, I'll make an argument for Harris. I think there is something to be said that he came up, was immediately productive, and was helped kept the team competitive without Acuna. Um, and then there's also something to be said that it, it on, it's on both sides of the ball, right? Mm-hmm. He's playing arguably what a, a, the, a top three most demanding position defensively, right? You could say between catcher, center field, and shortstop. You want to have 67th percentile in what <laughs> position to play? Top oh. three, <laughs> three, yeah, exactly. Of nine, seventh percentile. <laughs> but of that, if you're in sixty seventh percentile, you better be ninetieth or above, and outs above average. And he is. Uh, there you go. So that's the new stat on the site, guys. That's what we got. If you're sixty seventh <laughs> and ninetieth, sixty seventh and ninetieth. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think you can, you can make a good argument. I mean, it's funny because when you get this close, you have to really look at the nitty gritty, right? I mean, mm. he strikes out a really big amount and he does not walk. He's got a sub 5% walk rate. I don't play. care. I want that yeah, WRC plus WRC yeah. plus 136. You know, yeah. the production is there. I don't care about what the process is. What are the results? Mm. Yeah. Almost like, almost yeah. Like it's the opposite, opposite of me doing. No, that's the difference. <laughs> not the result. <laughs> Those are not the results. It's a that doesn't exist. I uh, the fifth does not exist. It's like me, Lindsay Lohan, and Mean Girls. Um, Mark Tompkin, thank you so much, Sacris, for putting this inside the chat. Um, reports that the Rays, Kevin Cash, said they are quote fairly optimistic McClanahan won't miss much time. And Mariah will be uh, key to determining diagnosis. Well, yeah, okay, that's coming tomorrow, uh, i.e., Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I hope that means that McClanahan can get the scion because. I think there are a lot of people in the fantasy industry who would be reminding me through the offseason how Dylan Cease won the Cy Young. Um, and, uh, you know, for my own ego and pride, I would very much sure. like McClanahan, who I'm a McClanahan fan of, I to win it instead. <laughs> I don't know. You guys know me. I want every pitcher to be dope. I'm very happy that Dylan Cease has soared this season. Um, now, going to the uh, AL side, uh, the rookie of the year mm-hmm. debate. And I'm assuming you're taking Harris here, by the way, uh, just because. Yeah, yeah, Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, no, no, no. On the pitching side, George Kirby seems to be running away with it. 97 innings, 2.1 war, uh, 3.32 ERA. He's having a fantastic season uh, for the uh, for the Mariners. And then you have, well, huh, who are these guys? Um, yeah. Have we ever talked about this? It's Adley Rutschman and Julio Rodriguez. Um, now, there is one thing I'm going to say that was mentioned inside of the chat that I thought was pretty good by Bobby Cologne one. Um, now, they both have pretty much identical war, Adley and Julio. Mm-hmm. 
Adley's played 79 games while Julio 111. Mm -hmm. And I never know where I side on this argument. And what I'm saying is, do you, would you rather have a player who plays fewer games, but has a larger impact in those games than a player who helps your team in more games, but overall arguably has a lesser impact in each individual game. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if I know the answer to that. Well, the, the best, the best might be who is the replacement. So it's Adley versus the other. And if it's a really bad replacement, then you you want to combine Adley and the other one versus Julio and the other one. Then you can kind of see how much of an impact they're making. Right. Yeah. But then is that fair for rookie of the year? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, luckily, I think by the time the season is wrapped up, we're going to have an adequate amount, enough amount of plate appearances between the two of them, right? Like Adley will be over 400 by the Oh, sure. Time. So you're saying that the, the minimum for Adley will be above it, that the gap between him and Julio won't be so large. I think so. I think so. I mean, Julio missed a little bit of time, um, which caused that gap to decrease a little bit. I like right now they're they are very, very, very close, right? Three point six war to three point five war between Adley up top and then Julio right below him. Mm-hmm. Uh Adley leads in WRC plus, Adley leads in Woba, Adley leads in OBP. He's behind in slugging and uh, a little bit behind in average. And what Obviously, I always say is that I always go with a guy who has a higher slugging. So I'm sorry. It's just higher slugging. That's what I always he- say fast. So what's kind of interesting is like obviously you look at the home run and the stolen base totals, and if you if you're just doing that, there's there's no conversation. It's not even it's a close. 2020 season, yeah. For, yeah. But uh, Adley leads uh, rookies in doubles, which is pr- mm. something pretty special considering again he doesn't even have 400 plate appearances yet, right? That that's sure. that's something. Yeah, so that's pretty the cool. Base hits overall. I think honestly, because it is so close, and anything can happen in the final season. Again, it has to come down to because of, we're at this point where it's so close with close offensively, it has to come down to defense. And if it does come down to defense, there's not a question like there's not a question. Um, and I'm not even looking at just the, the defensive numbers in in, in um, defensive uh, war, yeah. yeah, because sometimes they can overly, uh, uh, I think, weigh catchers and their impact. Sure. But. There's no question that Adley is like a, a a top five defensive catcher or overall catcher right now. Everything about his framing has been fantastic. It's helped completely turn around that team. And if rookie of the year is, in theory, the MVP among rookies, we're talking about him benefiting a rotation of pitchers. You could make the argument Julio is too because he's a, a center fielder and he's the defense is impacting him, but not the way that Adley is. So even if I remove my Orioles hat, if these two names were totally removed, I, I think it would be uh, it would be Adley's at the moment. But literally anything can happen in in the final weeks. Well, first like, of all, you'll never take off your Orioles hat. Don't you dare do that. Second of all, you forgot to oh! mention <laughs> you forgot to mention Adley Rutschman's morale. Uh, I've seen how much he smiles and hugs, and that that ha- makes an impact fast. You know, it's all about Alex Think fast. And third, y- y- you want to know what I think? I think we need to take a quick break. And we're back. Uh, what I think fast after this break now is Julio Rodriguez, I think, is the heart and soul of that team. Adley Rutschman, not a chance. I'm just kidding. This is fun things to rattle you up. It's got to be Julio to me. Um, I think also with the contract that he was just sign, signed up, the way he's steering the Mariners, it's his to lose, even though Adley is doing such a good job. 
I think a lot of voters are just going to look down and say, look, 21 home runs, 23 stolen bases versus eight and three of Adley. Say all you want about the defense impact. Say what you want about the, uh, the 363 OBP versus Julio's 323. They're going to give it to Julio. It's kind of hard not to, um, given those numbers. Um, so it's regardless of all the underlying metrics that are saying like, look, like he's actually doing a lot more than those lack of home runs and stolen bases are going to tell you 14% walk rate versus the 6.6 of Julio. Uh, they're not going to deny the better average, more home runs, more stolen bases, more RBI, all that stuff. So I think it's going to be Julio in the end. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, lastly, yeah. let's go to, uh, the, MVP. MVP. This yeah, is the one I really it. wanted to get into. I mean, I, I know it's I know it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It judges it, you, you hit 50 home runs. It, it, you gotta yeah. feel like you're just gonna go ahead and lock it up. You know, he almost has a 200 WRC plus. That's like a hundred percent better than the league average player. That's double. <laughs> there is no <laughs> doubt. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I I I still just give it to Otani. I really do. I think. I, I don't understand how we can sit here and say that we can't give it to the guy who is doing better than what he did in many ways yeah. in his MVP season. And this yeah. is to detract from Aaron Judge. We have two. You know what? Fine. Do it. Do a co do a co MVP. Like, I don't care. Like, give it to both of them because both of these accomplishments should be rewarded. I don't think it cheapens it whatsoever. Yes, Otani isn't getting to hit four home runs like he did last year he's still gonna hit probably like 35 and guess what he's gonna have a sub three era doing it that's <laughs> that's unbelievable with a better whip with a better whip and a yeah. higher k percentage the man is a legitimate ace who is putting up a what a f- 3.1 war on the offensive side of the ball that's unbelievable i don't even, i truly don't even think it's a conversation yeah yeah, it's a four war just from the pitching side. <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> yeah, he's a. Uh, <laughs> I keep coughing because I still have COVID. Sorry. Okay. Whew, I can I can get it together. Um, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, Otani should get it. We didn't give it to Vlad Jr. when he won the triple crown last year. Mm. And I, I, that's the bottom line of what's going on. Is you can say everything you want about how good Aaron Judge is. You know, we were just talking about Adley and. In Julio and their their offensive war, it was like 16 versus 18. Judge has 59. <laughs> the next guy, the next guy after Aaron Judge is 59, is 39. That is unbelievable. That's uh, Jordan Alvarez, who, by the way, has only played in 16 fewer games. It's not like, you know, there, there were some talks of him maybe winning it um, at, midway through the season. He's a 179 WRC plus after all. But yeah, um, uh, it, it's it's unfortunate. I mean, keep in mind there are things like the silver slugger is a thing. You know, Judge yeah. wins it, right? It's I just also, he's the most valuable player. Is Otani? You literally have two studs instead of one. That's better. I, don't, I also I don't I don't I hate to do this. I don't what? think that is offensive or defensive war. I think there are offensive and defensive runs above average. Oh yeah, sure, oh, sure. I'm just I'm a, you're right. You are right. I apologize for that. I. What I'm trying to get at, though, you know, I think that the Angels are the ultimate stars and scrubs team. And it's insane that they have two stars in one and they still don't have enough stars uh, on that team. And I feel bad for them. And we talked about them a lot last week. 
Uh, but yeah, this is just unprecedented from, from Otani. And keep in mind, uh, his war on the, oh, wow. I didn't realize this. His war on the offensive side is impacted because he doesn't play defense. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Right? Because like, I see like, you know, negative 13 or whatever. And I know that's not war. I'm not making that fallacy, but like, I think that's kind of included in that. I wonder if it is, uh, Mm. if he gets detracted as a hitter, not playing defense. That is interesting. I'm sure someone has an answer and is yelling right now. Be like, no, that's not the case or something like that. I just never thought of that before. Um, it's got to be Otani. No, yeah, I pick Otani. Well, so if, if the formula for that is fielding runs above average plus positional adjustment, the positional adjustment would have to be for a DH, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know how exactly that works. Um, I mean, I will say this. like, It's weird for him to have a 3.1 war despite having a 143 WRC plus, but then I go to Xander Bogarts with a 131 WRC plus with a 4.7. And I have to think, like, he's getting dinged mm. for when he hits, he does not play defense. Maybe he should. You yeah. know, if we're going to talk about him on the, on the hitting side, like, he's not playing defense in those games. Um, And then, you know, the pitching side, you just get that benefit of the pitching side without the negative of not fielding in those other four games or five games or whatever. Yeah. Something to think about. So right now your vote is Otani uh, is Otani. Okay. Yeah. And would you, um, I mean, would you disagree? You can't not really. You made no, the case. Yeah, absolutely. No, it, it, and what about the national league fast? Uh, this is a fun one. It's debatably between two Cardinals players um, and Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt on the pitching side. That's, I mean, why would I? Yeah. Um, We'll talk, we can talk to Cy Young, but honestly, I think we all agree that it's Sandy Alcantara and everyone yeah. else is stupid who doesn't because it's the best ERA and the most innings. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I feel like, it's <laughs> yeah. sorry. It's like, if you disagree, I mean, fine, best ERA 210 for Tony Gonsolin with 60 fewer innings. But, oh man, if you, if you don't, if you don't give it to Sandy Alcantara, I swear to God. Yeah, that would be very frustrating if he, swear if to he God. didn't get it. Who leads um, the NL in, in FIP? Who leads the NL in FIP? Um, do you know the answer? Are you just being oh, silly? I'm just, I'm just asking. Oh, Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon. And Max Freed, Aaron Nola are the top three there. 241 for Rodon, 255 for Freed, and 268 for Nola, while 287 for Alcantara. Okay. So the thing is, though, how Alcantara pitches is that he's so effective at getting sinkers inside and gets all these ground outs. That's why he's able to go so deep in games instead of trying to strike everybody out. There's, there's a, it's not just a luck. And this is why you can't just follow FIP. You can't do it. You can't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't follow it blindly, but it should be weighted more because it's indicative of what a pitcher is. Oh, my um, Lord. Yeah, uh, but, Don't uh, you dare take this away from me fast. Cherry picking. Sandy. Um, I think it is Sandy. I do think it is Sandy. Okay. Um, I think it's kind of Goldschmidt's to, to lose on, on the NL when it comes to the MVP. Um, Dan, that, that Arenado leads the league uh, in war, and, and that's going to happen because of the, the defensive he's numbers. He's so right? good defensively. Yeah, he's unbelievable defensively, but like, I don't know, every other... 
if you're talking about judges 195 wrc plus and you got to talk about 191 191. both of these guys are the only two players in baseball with a woba over 400 and and it isn't even close again if it gets closer if nolan arenado continues to catch up if if that race you know if they they're still both hitting 300 at the end of the year. If the Woba is virtually the same, then I think you can give the tiebreaker to Arenado because of the defensive contribution. But I think it might be Goldschmidt's you know, Goldschmidt's to lose. Um, my takeaway is I'm a little unimpressed with hitting in the National League. Really? I don't know. I get yeah. I don't like know. there aren't there aren't so many like absolute studs that I thought. Oh, you mean be. after Goldschmidt? Yeah, like Goldschmidt okay. and our, you know it's like yeah. Then it's I mean Mookie Betts is having a great season too. My enemy child was having yeah. a solid one, but it's like not not too many of these overwhelming ones. Like I see five here uh, of war is Freddie Freeman. He only has 16 yeah. runs this year. You know, yeah, I'm not great. I mean, 327, you know, doing well in other things. Like it's not all just about home runs, but I don't know. It's, it's, a little, it's a little more underwhelming than I expected. I know it's average. It's always nice to see seven guys hitting over 300, <laughs> like Jose Iglesias, who everyone expected, of course, would be. Yeah, of course. Uh, do you have any ties with Jose Iglesias? Is there any reason why you care about him? Uh, me? The, yeah, the greatest yeah. Oriole of all time? Yeah, there it is. Jose okay. Iglesias? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, we're going to move on here. Um, yeah. So uh, we've got a couple things that I, I, I wanted to just quickly discuss. Just, just very quickly, just bring up, and I want to hear your thoughts. Now, you might have seen going, taking the rounds or going the rounds, whatever the phrase is. I don't know. The rounds. Uh, making the rounds. They make them. <laughs> the rounds have been made uh, about Zach Hampel being kicked out or at least uh, disciplined by the Colorado uh, um, ushers. And Marcus Stroman had this to say uh, to Zach Hampel. He said, it's truly comical how much of a loser you are. Grown man taking baseballs away from the youth and making videos complaining about security doing their jobs through the definition of a clown. How do you feel about this? Yeah, I didn't. I only saw. I only like saw the video. I, you know, I can't comment on it because I only saw the video without uh, any of the audio. So I don't okay. want to pass judgment on something that I don't uh, haven't seen all of the, mm-hmm. the stuff on. Uh, I, I do. I will say this: that like, if you catch a home run ball and there's a kid there, unless it's like an historic home run from a jersey uh, from the dude who you're wearing his jersey, you just give the kid the ball. Like, yeah. it just just give the yeah. kid the ball. Um, yeah. Why? What are you thinking? Oh, um, I I think you guys know me. I'm someone all about love and no hate and, you know, spreading that as much as I can and encouraging that all the time, which is why Zach Campbell, dude, I'm so proud of the Colorado Rockies. They became one of the best organizations in my book after this. Uh, it bothers me immensely that these players, these people that go to the park, all they're trying to do is their dream is to catch this home run ball. And here he comes running down with a glove and stealing it away from so many people all the time, tries to say that he's been victimized when the, the usher is like, dude, man, like you're taking this moment away from someone maybe who only went to one game a year and like a home run ball is coming there. And you have like thousands, you know, like it, it's insane to me. Uh, and Dang right, Colorado Rockies. Put him in his place. Marcus Stroman saying this too and bring more attention to the negativity that Zach Campbell brings to baseball. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm for it, man. I think I think this kind of 
uh, these these actions that, that Hample's taken need to be punished. Like they need, he needs to be ostracized for it because he's ruining the experience for everyone else. And I hate that. I really will. I will. Mm, that, that's when I get vocal. Uh, when other people uh, get harmed because of one person's selfish actions. So I'm all for Speak- this. I loved it. Speaking of getting punished and being vocal, do you, would you like to comment about all the the bizarre, all the sexy acts that are happening in the ballparks in the past couple of days, or is that not something that you want to touch? I'm sorry, what? All the all the all the lewd acts that have been happening first in Oakland and today in Toronto, people just letting the freak flag fly a little bit inside of Major League Baseball parks, and it seems to be become, becoming uh, a, a very bizarre trend. I don't get it; it's very surreal to me. Any well, comment, I mean, Nick? Well, I, I, I'll comment on the scoreboard, which looked like it was an ad by the Brewers um, mm-hmm. that I uh, the per- someone got friend zoned. I uh, oh. <laughs> And, and which, said, it seemed like a plant, yeah. and the Yelich said like that motivated the team to score, you know, sure. for Mark. Um, you know, a quick comment on that. You know, uh, it's hard. It's it's if you are being friend zone, it can hurt, but it can be very hard to be the one friend zoning too. Sure. And uh, you know, it's uh, it, it it's it's not fun for either party. You know, that's all I will say that's about true. that. <laughs> Let's, uh, there's another thing, though, a topic that I wanted to hit upon. So obviously, the the world ball world baseball classic is is coming up quick, right? Oh yeah, we've it's got a fantastic be- article on the site about it. You should go check it out. It's going to be happening next year, the beginning of the year, March 8th through March 21st, right in the middle of spring training, which might be a little bit worrisome for some people. And there's going to be dozens of takes about whether or not, excuse me, you should be drafting. Mookie Betts or, or, or Bryce Harper, mm. considering they're probably going to be giving it their all in the World Baseball Classic as opposed to taking some easy swings at the middle of March. With that said, though, putting that conversation aside, you got to be pretty hyped for that Team America. Okay? <laughs> that thing is looking pumped. That thing is looking stacked. So if we're, if we're, we're we got Trout. Story, Arenado hmm. Goldschmidt, Real Muto, Bryce Harper, Pete Alonzo, Cedric Mullins, Mookie Betts, Tim Anderson, Kyle Tucker, and Will Smith behind the dish. The, we're talking about like you, 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 you're, you're making a uh, uh, fantasy team in like MLB the show when you used to be oh, yeah. draft your own person. That's an that's what dreams are made of, my friend. I didn't see Adley Rutschman there. No, I don't want him. Uh, there. I'm sorry, I what? don't want him there. I don't what? want him there. Why not? I want him taking it nice and slow. I want him enjoying the free year of service time he got from finishing first or second in the rookie of the year voting. Not, it's not I over yet. Him, I want him. Stephen Kwan, baby. <laughs> Could be. I want him working <laughs> with all the pitchers, getting on the same page with DL mm. Hall and yeah. and uh, and, yeah. and uh, Grayson. Uh, yeah. It's going to be exciting. Lest we forget too that last World Baseball Classic many moons ago. Many moons ago. That's what we needed. Like it's it's good. Also, one more thing too. Yeah, I wish we could do this, Nick. There's also the KBO series that's happening in November with American players traveling over to the KBO. And uh, I got to say this. We talked about this repeatedly on the podcast. The KBO plays the right version of baseball. The KBO plays the version of baseball that everyone in America is hankering to see. And I really hope that what kind is that? that It's fast paced. Uh-huh. It's 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 in your face. It's bat flips. It's raw emotion. It's uh, I got the best part fast. Swole daddy. It's got the sword. 
It's got the sword, the KBO winning sword for yes, the, the trophy. It's not a hunk yeah. of metal. It's a sword. It's a, yeah. I don't know. I was it the sword. Is that what the trophy is? Yes. I thought it was just sword. something that the, uh, I thought it was, uh, yeah, okay. I thought I thought it was just something that the NC Dinos did. Uh, yeah, you're right. It is it's a, a sword. It's how could you? How could you forget the sword? I remember the sword. I forgot that was the trophy. <laughs> oh uh, God, that's that's the whole reason why they're playing. That's the sword. You gotta play with the sword. That's the, have the, sword. Baseball, the world. The world baseball classic champion should just win a copy of Civ Six signed <laughs> by Sid Meier. <laughs> what? Yeah, that should be the prize. Oh, they're the best baseball team in the world. Yeah, yeah, sub six. Gotta, gotta go get it, everyone. Gotta go, go get it. <laughs> gotta go not get as, it. Not as good as Civ Five. Not as good. You as know, Civ I played forty hours of one game of Civ Five and got a science victory. As it did nothing, I was like, I'm good. Then you got to bump up, baby. You got to bump up. No, gotta, no, no. I'm good. I, I'm um, good. Uh, what else happened this week? We got a, uh, we got ML, uh, MILB. Uh, possible unionization yeah. and oh awesome. that's a wonderful thing uh it might be some time here i believe there's i uh, the, there's going to be a delay essentially with a lot of people signing this and then there's going to be shifts of rosters in the offseason that's going to require everybody to sign it again uh so you're going to see some delay before this action moves forward but this is the beginning of the process wonderful stuff here i think all of us can agree this is a good thing and be wary of all the negative press you're going to see about this Mm -hmm. uh it's gonna happen and you just like we were with the lockout with the owners trying to cry poor i i still will never forget gray albright's fantastic tweet about how the owners opened their pockets in an apple tv I um, uh, collaboration fell out of their pocket yeah. about like ninety million dollars or whatever that was. Like it's going to happen again, and uh, just be ready for it. Be excited for the minor league uh, players; they deserve this, and we might see better talent come out because they're in better conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so super excited about that. Better talent come out better. Like the example I always give too is Papa John's. Papa John's that we'll be able to give every minor leaguer cardboard pizza. And they are so excited about that. <laughs> oh, better players, better conditions. Papa John's. Papa John's. Uh, the example I give is uh, there was a joke about, yeah, Bobby Cologne won domination victory or nothing. I know. All, all about it. I know. I know. It. it was just. Um, long, no, I actually go for the science victories. Uh, the Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray was drafted by the Oakland Athletics. And. Yeah. He also was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals. No, they had to. We had to entertain for a second that that was even a choice that he could have immediate multi-million dollar contracts or he he could ride a bus in the minor leagues for a minimum of two years. You know what happens though when you ride a bus? Mm. You don't have possible brain damage for your life. That's that's a very good point. That's a very good point. Uh, but honestly, though, if I was if you were him, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a no brainer. And now maybe that changes a little bit. Also, there were a, a good amount of minor leaguers that I spoke to during the lockout who were frustrated because they didn't have a seat at the table. And while we always think of minor leaguers as young 20, 21 year olds who are waiting for their shot at the big leagues, it's not always the case. There's plenty of minor leaguers who are journeymen, who are veterans mm, trying to get yeah. another go at a particular shot at, at, at the game. Right. 
and their careers were just as in flux. And despite the fact that they might have played in the MLB at some point, they didn't have a seat at the table. There were multiple people who felt that Mm. way. So performing that, you know, getting that union together, really, really good for the players. Very, very good. So by the way, Sacris puts in chat here. Do you, do you know who this Gunnar Henderson is fast? Because he's flying to Cleveland tomorrow to join the taxi squad. Oh, that is very good news. So is DL Hall. So is DL Hall. Yeah. That is get excited for your O's, baby. Taxi squad. Taxi squad. But, you know, we're going to get expansions, right, in September. Yeah, that's got to be it. I mean, the Orioles have scored seven runs in the last four games. You could use a little bit of a jolt here. Mm. Uh, Who would know that? I have no idea. Um, Last thing I do want to mention about happened. Wait, hold on. You know who knew that? Who? Oh, Asif? Awesome. Excuse me. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. He was the one who texted me that. Yeah. Oh, lovely. I uh, now one other thing I do want to mention. Did you see this thing about O'Neill Cruz? He hit the hardest ball in the Statcast era. Yeah. He's been up for what? Like two months. Uh, yeah. Even that. I, I cannot wait to see what team he succeeds on. The hardest he, ball ever. Like harder than John Carlos Stanton. 122.4 miles per hour. It was a double. I can't put it live here because you won't see it. Yeah, the, the frame rate isn't high enough. It's uh, it just it just like disappears. It's gone. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think he actually had a hit ball, uh, a ball put in play under 100 miles an hour in yesterday's game, too. I think he had three hits all I mean, over 100 miles an hour. It's so much fun. Oh, my it's God. Amazing. And like, remember, guys, like right away, John Collins Stanton wasn't John Collins Stanton, right? Like it took him a moment or two. He was he was like to it. Yeah, there it is. Uh, <laughs> well designed fast. Um, yeah. All right. Our next section. I don't know if you know this one fast. It's only my favorite of the week. It's wild thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, baby. Okay. So fast. What is your wild thought? This you are. Week? You are actually going to be very. Surprised. <laughs> no, you got yes. one. I, no. yes, I thought a lot about it this week. Okay. Okay. And, all right. So I was thinking about it. And what I was thinking, was, no, I don't have a wild thought. Nick, come oh, on. Oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, how could you do that to me? <laughs> that was so cruel. <laughs> I was so excited. Was oh, man. I was that like was ready really to dissect good. it, work on that it with you, craft it together. That's really good. That wow. Good. I, I, to be genuine for a no, second, no, there are no, multiple moments. Know. There are multiple moments of the course of the week where I'm like, I'm like sitting, staring into the void. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's that's a that's a wild <laughs> thought. And then because I get literally no sleep anymore, I I forget them instantaneously. You gotta get annoyed. You gotta get annoyed taking that man. You gotta get annoyed. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta get anointed as annoyed. Um, all right. Well, I have a wild thought. Shocking. More at eleven. I have a fun one. I have, I think I'm a really good one. What, excuse you, Mister <laughs> No Wild Thought. <laughs> um, I think it would be really fun. If there were a minor league player lottery where a player that is not getting called up, I can like through the entire system, it's like the, the balls spin. And all of a sudden, like this is the week. It's September. It's the last week of the year. We pull it around. Let's see who it is. It's this random guy from high A. He's 31 years old and he's on the team for a week. And there's an extra position open for that team just for that player. I dig it. I dig it. But yeah. 
what? I remembered. I remembered. You actually, no, don't do this to me. I did. No. I did. I did. No. Fool me once. Shame on you. I did. Fool me twice. I did. I did. What I think what? we should do no. is I think no. we should have uh, – this is pulling for – I feel like I'm cheating because the second time that I – Oh, God, you don't from, have anything. From, you're just stalling. <laughs> no, I'm not. This is the second time I have pulled from soccer as a wild thought. But the blending of the sports is very fun. And I don't have anything. No, I'm joking. I knew it. Um, I knew it. No, I do. I do. Um, a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago, one of the earlier Nick and Alex specials talked about the relegation system. I think it's a fantastic idea. I, yes. thought you, I think you add eight expansion teams and you do that. I think it's great. Um, it solves a lot of issues. How now? What I dig is taking the loan system from uh, professional football and bringing uh-huh. that to the MLB. So, do you know the loan system? Oh, yes, I do. So, like, oh, no, that guy is not the fifth starter anymore. Ross Stripling, what are you going to do? Another team will loan, like, the Pirates will say, oh, sure, we'll take some Ross Stripling for, like, two weeks. Well, sure, we'll develop him. We'll let him. That's a Pittsburgh Pirate, by the way. That's how he talks. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, Ross Stripling, yeah, well, why not? The thing about the, like, usually what happens, uh, what ha- actually, uh, let's do it because here was the, the problem that I ran into with it in soccer. You can do it because I can take a player from Liverpool and make him play on Juventus and they are two separate leagues and it doesn't matter, right? Because I'm Liverpool. I'm not giving him to Man United who would desperately need a player and therefore it doesn't necessarily impact me. Let's get a loan system from maybe the KBO, maybe the NPB. Um, that might be better. Because uh, then, you know, why would the what incentive would the Orioles have to loan to the Marlins? Actually, maybe it wouldn't matter because they're not in their division. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's take some of the Orioles' best players and loan them out to the Marlins. Guys like Gunnar Henderson, whatever he's coming up, Colton Cowser, uh, Kobe Mayo, loan them out. Let him see. <laughs> Wait, what was his name? Kobe Mayo. <laughs> Is the best oh, that, Baltimore accent name. Ever. Uh, that's so good. <laughs> that's yeah. fantastic. Now, now hold on. I think that's kind of cool. So, like, you have the rentals that are actually rentals and go back to the team. 100%. After. Um, 100%. I think that's pretty cool. Um, take what guys we, blocked. Yeah. You know, then you'd be able to create a term called a Chuck Norris. Why? Because whenever a team from Texas would uh, loan them out, they'd be the Lone Ranger. <laughs> that, he wasn't He wasn't the Lone Ranger. Chuck oh, Norris was not the Lone Ranger. <laughs> He's Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> oh, right. Who's the Lone Ranger? <laughs> the Lone Ranger is just the Lone Ranger. Who's that? It's Johnny <laughs> Depp. Is actually who it no, is. it's not. Well, You're he, just making that up. I don't have any no, idea. He was in the movie. He was in the, he was in the 2013 movie, and <laughs> Army Hammer actually played the Lone Ranger. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, so, okay, they called the Hammer. Okay. <laughs> Oh my god, I love that. I love that. That's it's the Lone Ranger. Yeah. But, uh, I think that's a really cool idea. Um now there's quite it's a very convoluted system we already have in the majors about 40 man and 25 man, all that kind of stuff, and uh, you know, options and everything along those lines. It might add a weird wrinkle into what the 40 man looks like and replacements for that and so on. But no, I think this is a, a fantastic idea. Um It'd be kind of weird. Like maybe the Yankees would have loaned away Jordan Montgomery to the Cardinals instead. Yeah. Uh, it's also a different way to trade. You know, you can essentially be loaning instead of for cash or something like that for another player, but then they come back. I, I wonder if too, if a part of the incentivization is like the service time clock doesn't start, but you are paid as a big leaguer by the team who is getting the loan. And then as a result, you get a draft pick or something. Cause it could work both ways. Like, yeah, the Orioles, let's say the Orioles are, 
Uh, let's uh, let's look at a team as the one of the worst teams in baseball this year, right? So let's look at who is it like the 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 um the Nationals, okay? I I want my prospect to go to the Nationals because th- he's not going to help him win, but he's going to see regular. Yeah, he's going to yeah, he's going to be developing. Yeah, he's going to see Degrom. He's going. That's kind of funny. Still, like if you're the worst team in baseball, all of a sudden you are one of the most exciting teams to watch because you have all the new developing players. That's pretty fun. That's pretty cool. Send them off to Pittsburgh. Be like everyone. Like Pittsburgh just becomes a non-team. They just only have loans from everyone else all it's, the it's time. A win-win. It's a win-win. That's interesting. If like if they're getting loaned, and a team doesn't have to spend the money or something, you might just money. and then that's how you do expansion. That's how you do expansion teams. You don't actually yeah. have their own players. They just have loaned players as they get their draft picks and everything. And if you theoretically had huh. a, uh, I don't remember what I was going to say. It's, it's, it's oh yeah. If you if you're we're talking about theoretically having a minor league all star game representative in Pittsburgh, but fans would come and see that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying if they're all if they're expansion team, all they have are loaned players. Mm-hmm. You know what their theme song should be? Oh God! If it's a Lone Ranger joke, I'm out of here. I'm all alone. <laughs> <laughs> Stay away from my daughter. That's my best one. That is the best one of the podcast. Stay away from my Brilliant. Thank you so much, everybody. Oh, your applause. It's not necessary. Stay away. Uh, Oh, chat. You're too kind. Thank you so much. Um, all right, we're getting dirty from chat. Loves my idea, so I love him. (laughs) All right, we uh we're getting close to the end of this one. Uh, we have some images of the week though. Um, that we gotta show off. Uh, I'm gonna go with yours first here. Okay. Um, it's a lovely image. I gotta say, I, I really do dig it. Um, yeah. What do we got here, fast? So Yon Duran of the of the Minnesota Twins threw the hardest splitter ever, or splinker, uh, like yes. mix between a splitter and a sinker, at 100.8 miles an hour. And there's an interview with Dylan Bundy where he was like, "Yeah, we learned that it was the hardest." you know, whatever splitter ever thrown. And I don't know. I think we should get him a cake. And then like the next day he like walks in and gives this cake to him. And this is his face as he shows it to the camera. And he was just so excited by it. I just think it's, it's very cool. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that you want to see on teams, right? You want to see those team morale moments just messing around. Uh, The hardest secondary pitch ever thrown, uh, which is unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Yeah. We were freaking about the 96 mile per hour changeup, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We, we what do we know? What do we know? Um, what do we know? Photos. What do we know? Um this is uh this is mine of the week, which I'm surprised wasn't yours, honestly. Uh, the things I do for fast guys. Honestly, yeah. This is um take it for the broadcast. <laughs> this was so uh most career home runs uh. with the last name beginning with R U T in MLB history. So obviously you got Babe Ruth. He's got seven hundred and fourteen of them. In second place is Josh Rutledge with mm-hmm. 20. But coming up hot at third is Adley Rutschman with eight. And guess what? Both Adley and Babe Ruth, they share a birthday on February 6th. They do. If you, if you theoretically <laughs> remove Josh Rutledge from this list, if you said this was also exclusive to people with ties to Baltimore. Uh, you know what I mean? And then really it's just a two person list. It's just babe and athlete. Can you, uh, first of all, what's the, what's the tie of babe to Baltimore born and raised baby born and raised across the street from Camden yards and also played for the Orioles and Adley. 
uh, it plays for the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, how do you say Josh Rutledge in a Baltimorean accent? That one doesn't, uh, Rutledge doesn't, it doesn't have the O sound, so it wouldn't yeah, matter. Can, can you try it? It doesn't, it would just say Josh Rutledge. There's nothing there. Like, Put the game Blame. on, Josh Rutledge. Yeah, there's nothing there. There's no, there's no major <laughs> vowel. Joe, I'm gonna go watch Joe Flacco there. Put the okay. game on. Go do a wash. I gotta go do a wash. Go drink a glass of water. All right, I'm not gonna stall any longer because I have the the your favorite segment tonight. What is it? Fast? Oh, it's Corbin. You talking about Corbin? I'm not, but. Oh. But yeah, that was who the pitcher was, by the way. <laughs> it was Corbin, a Patrick Corbin. You got it right. Okay. Um, you know, it was Corbin Burns. That's right. That was Mr. Pitcher, 158 ERA, 301 whip, uh, ERA, and a 0.99 whip. No, who's going to win the World Series? Fast. So it's your turn. I thought I, I know. I, I was about, okay. yes, I'm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got really panicked. Who's like, guy? Who's I'm this sorry. guy right now? Um, what is our favorite segment? Fast. Who's going to win the World Series this year? So we, we're going to determine every week who yes. is going to win the World Series. You cannot have any repeats. Uh, so, you know, you have to team is a little bit silly. But uh, last week, I believe I ended up choosing the St. Louis Cardinals. Correct. Um, who is it this week? It is the Tampa Bay Rays. And look, we already got news that Shane McClanahan is is more likely healthy than we think. Um, Tyler Glasnow could be coming back. And here's the thing. They just need to make the playoffs. Because once mm-hmm. you then you got you Glasnow, you got McShane rolling. Anything can happen, baby. Yeah. You know, and I just said, baby, you know, that's real then. That's so, how you know. Um, and then you have other stuff. You know, that's just a race. It's Kevin Cash. You got the stuff. You got the stuff of Ray's magic. We always say they mm-hmm. aren't very good. And here they are. They're doing it again. You know? Don't don't deny the strength of Yandy Diaz's biceps. I, is this a Baltimore accent? No, it's it's dumb. Okay, <laughs> okay? just 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 look. Glasnow and McShane. This is what happens: is they they had Shane Boz last year. They had uh, Matt Moore back in what two thousand seven or whatever it was. I uh, ten eleven. I don't know that time. And they're gonna have Glasnow now, where it's. <laughs> Sorry, I stuttered. I where he's just going to come back at the end and all of a sudden be dominant. Everyone's like, "Oh, hey, hi, what's up? Good to see you again. It's wonderful." Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. It's going to be really fun. Me too. All right, Nick. Uh, we, we spoiled who the pitcher was. We? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Uh, I did with my the Corbin Corbin Burns. Uh, but is there any any other final parting words that you have for everyone? You know, I just want to say y'all are the best and I can't thank you enough for being here. But that is going to do it for this episode of the Nick and Alex baseball show. Hope you had a good time. Hope you realize how stupid fast is about his Cyan decisions. And I am Nick Pollock. And I'm just a dummy. And I'm Alex Fast. And we'll talk to you guys next week.